Welcome to the Vedic Wisdom. This program is intended to inform humanity of the wisdom contained in the Vedic literature, the oldest scriptures in existence. Vedic wisdom contains the most confidential knowledge. This knowledge is the king of education and the most secret of all secrets. It is the purest knowledge, and because it gives direct perception of the self by realization, it is the perfection of religion. It is everlasting and joyfully performed. Join us on the scientific explanation of the living entity's journey to enlightenment. Before we get into today's program, I would like to thank the thousands of listeners that have downloaded my podcasts. Podcast numbers have doubled in the last three months, and this has prompted me to set up an email account where you can ask questions and leave comments. Please contact me at vedicwisdom at protonmail.com. I will reply as appropriate as quickly as I can. Thank you again for listening, and now on to today's program. And welcome to the Vedic Wisdom. Thank you for being with us today. I want to talk to you about the duration of life. The Vedic literature says that with each sunrise and each sunset, the duration of life is reduced. That with every setting of the sun, a portion of your duration of life is gone. And we all understand that. The sun decreases the duration of life of everyone. Well, the Vedic literature goes on to say, except one who utilizes his time by discussing and understanding the topics of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Vedic literature teaches us that coming to love of God, coming to God consciousness, is of greater importance in utilizing the human form of life to revive our lost relationship with the Supreme Lord. And this is accelerated by devotional service. The rising and the setting of the sun indicates that it's a useless waste of time unless that time was used to further the goal of developing your love of God, God consciousness. So even a fraction of your life can't be retrieved. You cannot recover a lost minute, a lost second. You cannot recover them. But human life, you can use the time you've got. It's awarded to the living entity so that he can realize his spiritual identity and his as his permanent source of happiness. The living entity, especially in the human form, wants happiness. Because happiness is the natural condition for all of us living entities. But we're seeking happiness in the material atmosphere. And that's, that quest is basically in vain. Because all we get is material satisfaction which dwindles and lasts but a moment. The Lord is the complete spirit whole. 
and his name, form, qualities, pastimes, friends, associates, are all identical with him. Once a person comes in contact with one of the different energies of the Lord through the proper channels of devotional service, the disciplic succession, the door to perfection is immediately open to him. Now this is only humans. The lower species of life cannot take this opportunity. That door does not open because the consciousness level is not there to take advantage of it. The Lord says that by meeting the spiritual master or his disciple, one endeavors begin to awaken his devotional mentality. And when one enters into devotional service, the result is never baffled. The potency of spiritual energy is so superior that no material arrangement can check it. So a slight beginning of spiritual activities is enough to deliver a person from the great ocean of anxieties everyone is experiencing in the material world. So as the highly potent drug acts at once on the body to cure it. The transcendental topics and service of the Lord that begin by hearing about him and hearing about the devotional service from pure devotees of the Lord can act very efficiently. The oral reception of the transcendental message from the spiritual world implies that total realization will be achieved. So this realization for a moment in the association of a pure devotee prepares one for complete success. It's the beginning step of the purification journey. So gradually one advances from hearing till he ends up constantly busy in the devotional service of the Lord under his divine plan. And this purifies our existence. When we're in association of the material energy, we become contaminated. And when we're in association of the spiritual potency of the Lord, we become purified. If we're in service mentality, we understand what the Lord wants and we execute that activity, it is spiritual and purifying. He is so kind, he's given us the chanting of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, the great mantra for deliverance, that we can use it and make contact to the spiritual energy of the Lord any time we think of it. So that the purification process can go on unchecked. In spite of the material conditions, the material predicament, the material problems, the chanting can be going on in your head. And it purifies you. The potency of the Maha Mantra is the same as the potency of the Lord. That is his omnipotent characteristics. That's what omnipotent means. There is no limitation to the potency or how the potency is employed. You can see how the sun fails to take away the lifespan of one who's devoted in devotional service. Because his devotional service is unending. It isn't coming and going like the day and night. It's going on all the time. He's actually riding on a platform of spiritual transcendental energy as opposed to being pushed and pulled and kicked by the material energy. So being constantly busy in devotional service purifies his existence. 
Then the death, which is a symptom of the material body's deterioration, is only affecting the body, not the eternal living entity, who is no longer attached to the material conception of life. He's fully engaged in the spiritual conception of life. As eternally spiritual beings, our engagement in spiritual activities is our normal condition. And the temporary material body we have is used for that service until it becomes useless. And it's replaced by a spiritual body to continue that service. There is no cessation for the spiritual activities of the one who's devoted to God. Even when the body stops. So the fear of death is gone. Why fear death? It's just going out of a material inferior body into a spiritual superior body because you're already acting on a spiritual plane in contact with spiritual energy already now so there's very little transition at death as opposed to someone who thinks he's his body and comes to the very root awakening at death that he's not so the spiritual knowledge and perspective that enters the ear by being injected by the spiritual master liberates one from the misconception of false identity and the material platform of activities. He's lifted to the spiritual perspective and he's engaged on the spiritual platform. And he continues that as it grows to he's constantly busy in service. This body getting old or his body falling off is totally external. His consciousness, his activities, his values, his point of view, his perspective, his everything is on the spiritual platform. And since we are spiritual beings, the loss of a material body is very insignificant. Now, if we step back a little bit and we realize as eternal living entities and we take body, birth after birth after birth, we get a different body. We've done it many times before. Dying is not new. You look forward that, okay, at some point I'm going to have to die. Well, no, you don't have to die, but you will give up this body. You will leave it. And you've done it. I have no idea how many times already. You can see that you're eternal and a body only lasts maybe 75, maybe 80, maybe 100 years. But we already know from history books this whole manifestation has been going on a very, very, very long time. And if you're eternal, you've been here a very, very long time and you've had a huge number of bodies. You've taken birth and lived a bodily lifespan and left that body. It died and you took another one. The cycle of birth and death, samsara cycle of birth and death goes on and on and on. So what you're facing when it says, oh, I'm going to die someday. You mean my body's going to die someday and fall off of me. But it's not new. The experience is not new to me. The issue we have is that the memory is relative to the body. But the qualities of your work is relative to the spirit. Spiritual life means raising to that platform consciously. 
being consciously aware that the quality of your work, the decisions you make and the efforts you do, uh, thinking, feeling, willing, is being noted. Not the body, not where, not with whom, not under what circumstances. That's all external. But the act, the decision, the impetus, the goal, the mentality with which you act is being noted. And if you understand that, the fear of death goes away. And the importance of your conscious development grows dramatically. I'm supposed to be working on my consciousness and purifying my actions, purifying my mind and my senses, purifying my perspective of life to be a better contributor to the service of the Lord. So <clears throat> devotional service to the Lord is rendered by all limbs and all parts of the body and that this is the transcendental dynamic force of the spirit soul energizing the body. Therefore, an intelligent person who's come to the devotional conception of life, a devotee, is engaged a hundred percent in the service of the Lord. One can engage in devotional service when the senses of the body are purified. And this is purified in relation to the Lord. We can render service to the Lord with the help of the body and senses. And that is our position in this material world. As in that way, the senses and the actions of the senses are considered impure as long as they're employed in the materialistic conception of life and the objective is to enjoy. But the purified senses are not engaged in the enjoyment illusion they're engaged in the service of the Lord. So the Lord is witnessing your use or misuse of your senses of your body for enjoyment or for service. So the Lord instructs through the Vedic literature and delivered by the spiritual master how to use the senses in full to receive full sensual potency so that it can be used in the service of the Lord. This is the perfect exchange between the Lord and his servant. The purification process removes the contaminated consciousness and the attachment to enjoyment. And simultaneously, the Lord gives service as the opportunity to purify the self and to purify the senses and uplift the living entity out of this material conception of life. So the Vedic literature instructs, one should accept the bona fide spiritual master to having explain this science of action to you and teach you how to engage in growing your spiritual conception and lifting yourself up to the spiritual platform engaged under the spiritual potency, not under the material inferior potency. Reading the Vedic literature gives guidance of, about the actual situation we are in as living entities. And chanting the great mantra for deliverance purifies those senses, purifies the mind, purifies the consciousness, such that the potency establishes a plane, a platform of transcendental support. He's not confused. He's not degraded. He's not encumbered by the material elements any longer. 
Those material elements are simply external manifestations of the enjoyment tendency. And when the tendency of enjoyment goes away and the senses become knowledge-acquiring tools, the living entity is in his normal condition. And the spiritual master then gives guidance of how to engage in the devotional service of the Lord without offense. How to become noticed by God. And there's billions and billions and billions of living entities. And God is overseeing and aware of all of them. So what a great accomplishment if God notices you. This is one of the statements of our predecessor spiritual master, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta. He told our spiritual master, don't act in such a way that you see God. Act in such a way that God sees you. And all of us have that ability. But we're busy using our resources, our senses, and our mind, and our bodies, and our predicament in the material world to enjoy. And it frustrates the proper use of our potential such that the Lord notices you. Ah, this person is sincere. This person is moral. This person is inclined to spiritual realization. He's using his senses selflessly as tools, not selfishly as enjoyment. So the spiritual master imparts the knowledge to the disciple such that he can see these things in proper perspective and he instructs him to chant at least 16 rounds of japa a day every day to sustain the spiritual platform that holds the disciple in proper consciousness and the disciple becomes purified he learns the service program he engages in service by his free will and he earns the notice of the Lord. What greater recognition of your attempt and your determination and your achievement than to have God notice you? Nice job. Look at this person. He's trying so hard. And the Lord is a compassionate being. And when he sees you are trying, in spite of the circumstances you may live in and the, and the house you may live in and the people you may know and the predicament you've got yourself into, when he sees a sincere endeavor to render service, he's pleased. And when he's satisfied that you're serious, that you're not just pretending, that you're not going to do it and then drop away, he helps you. He encourages you. He opens doors for you. He gives guidance to you. He holds you up when you're going to slip or fall. He covers the bases you can't cover. Then one is a humble servant of God. And the Lord takes very, very good care of his servants. Just like there's, uh, you can work for some rich man. And if he's a good man, he takes very good care of his servants. And if he's a jerk, he abuses them. God is not a jerk. He is a supreme benevolent being. So he takes very good care of his servants. Become a servant of God. Selfless, unself-motivated, loving, devotional service to God is the goal of life. You can do it. I can do it. Everyone can do it. You have the ability. You have the unique qualities and characteristics to fill a unique space in the Lord's service plan. I need someone who can do just this list of things. Ah, you can do that. Do you have an interest to render service? Oh, he does. 
wonderful. Please render this service for me. And I will see to your needs. You simply do this service for me, my needs, and I will see to all of your needs. There's the say, if God wants to take something from you, how can you stop him? And if God wants to give you something, you only have two heads, you can't take very much. He can give you an unlimited number of uh, rewards. So you can try to reward yourself. You can try to earn and fight and struggle and get a seat on the bus, shall we say. Or you can say, to hell with your bus. I'm going to serve the master of the bus, of every bus, of all the buses. I'm going to serve him. Lord, how would you like me to serve you? Uh, you're the one. Please do this service for me. This is a higher platform. It comes up from awe and veneration, and it comes a loving service. The Vedic literature describes a distinct difference between awe and veneration and worship of the Lord and loving devotional service to the Lord. They are distinct platforms different from another. They completely support different levels of consciousness and different results. The preliminary level of religious understanding is awe and veneration. And in that state, the practitioners are asking for, requesting help. Give me this, give me that, give me bread, give me money, give me help, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And it moves up into the next platform, which, Lord, how can I serve you? What do you want me to do now? What can I do next? How can I please you today? How can I please you this moment? And the Lord, ah, this, do this. Please serve me. Please get this done. Bring me that. Whatever. And the service is rendered by your free heart. And the material manifestation lets go of you. And the awe and veneration falls away. And the loving exchange of service and support grows. So it's completely fulfilling in the heart of the servant. I couldn't want a better master. I couldn't want to serve a better person. I couldn't want a better engagement. This is absolutely perfect for me in my life. Perfect for me with my abilities. This service to God is perfect. And the Lord is saying the same thing. Ah, this person is perfect for this service. What a wonderful match. This is love of God. Devotional service brings love of God. It frees you from the material conception of life. It frees you from the lower spiritual perspective of awe and veneration. It puts you on the platform of selfless devotional service in a loving exchange personally with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, all by the mercy of the spiritual master who breaks the bonds of material existence who educates you, purifies you, teaches you the science of devotional service. The Vedic literature is the science of devotional service explained. And the spiritual master sorts out anything you didn't understand, completely explains it to you, shows you the intricacies, the ins and outs, the do's and the don'ts that make it an, an attainable, ultimate goal of life. So we always offer our respects to the spiritual master. We always are humble before the spiritual master. We always inquire with great humility. 
and we always faithfully follow the instructions of the spiritual master. He is giving the greatest gift, love of God, devotional service. And he says, here, do this service. The Lord wants it done. You're started. And the Lord takes control. And the spiritual master continues to encourage and support. Your success is guaranteed. Your love of God, your fulfillment, your reaching the highest platform is achieved. This is the plane that we're all natural at. This material world of struggle for existence and try to enjoy on the weekends is not normal. It is not natural. It doesn't make us happy. It's called illusory existence. So my responsibility as a servant of the spiritual master is to encourage you, please read the Vedic literature, Bhagavad Gita as it is. Please chant the great mantra for deliverance, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Read and understand, chant and hear, associate with servants of the spiritual master, and you will come out of all the anxiety you've ever experienced. It says that all of previous karmic sinful activities can be wiped away in a moment by the hand of the spiritual master. Simply please him. Read spiritual master's books. Take initiation from him. Chant. Become a sincere servant. Everything you're looking for arrives. Krishna, 
and thank you for being with us on the Vedic Wisdom. I want to talk to you about the difference between being involved and engaged in material activities and being engaged in spiritual activities. We talk on our program about the futility of being involved in temporary activities and how all material manifestations are temporary and all of our activities are temporary and the, we need to get free from this conception and, and so I say struggle for existence that includes action and reaction of material desires the Vedic literature says that we need to understand the Lord's plan that the Lord is driven by compassion that he comes in many different forms he incarnates in every species of life he sends his pure representatives he sends self-realized persons he maintains and sustains the Vedic knowledge and other scriptural knowledge and protects it seeing to it that it's available to the living entities but his drive is to return you to a healthy condition of life. This material manifestation and the activities that we perform riddled with unhappiness. I've done programs for you on anxiety. How it's an underlying current in everyone's life. You can go through your life and very happy and everything is fine and suddenly bang there is a traffic accident even if you're not in the accident you're standing on the street or looking from a window high up and bang oh you go to the window and you see oh there's been an accident there's anxiety you experience anxiety oh the poor people are they all right oh is anyone hurt anyone killed oh that's the nature of the place there is anxiety in everyone's heart latently hiding Oh, yes, you've had a wonderful day. You've had a wonderful time. You enjoy these people so much. But at the moment, a big bang and the whole house shakes. Suddenly there's anxiety. So this material world, there is an underlying level of anxiety here. And you need to know how to overcome that. And the Vedic literature focuses on that. The Lord has a plan to relieve you of that. If you're intelligent, you seek out, how do I do away with anxiety? What is the scriptural, authoritative explanation of the method to get free from that anxiety? And it gets back to the concept of if you're in a room and everybody is tied hands and feet, one person coming into the room who's not tied hands and feet, he can free everyone. What does he need to do that? He needs compassion. He needs to see, oh, I wouldn't want to be in that position. Oh, they are in anxiety in that position. I use my compassion and help to turn them free. And he's busies himself with untying. And we see, as soon as he unties the first person, they now have the potency 
and hopefully the compassion they untie others as well and quickly 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 everybody's untying everybody and within a minute or so 75 people have been untied because everybody has compassion why do we all have compassion because it is a natural characteristic of God and we are part and parcel of God he has that natural character what is his compassion over over our anxiety and suffering in this material world because we're trying to fulfill foolish desires instead of engaging ourselves in our eternal occupation which is to render service in love of God we're wasting our time we're struggling in anxiety we're looking for relief we're afraid of the anxiety because we're not engaged properly those things absolutely dissolve literally dissolve when one is properly engaged in his eternal occupational duty as a servant of God the Lord protects him the Lord supports him the Lord compassionately guides him the Lord is seeing to his needs encouraging him when he's down those anxieties that are plaguing everybody's life everybody we know they dissolve when you're actually in the proper situation your proper natural occupational duty of service to God now service of God manifests in a lot of ways you can still help the next guy and it's service to God you have to have the vision you have to have the realization it has to have been explained to you you have to be trained how to see in a spiritual point of view a selfless consciousness you go to school and you're trained how to be a selfish little crap how to be self-centered, egotistical, arrogant. You're not willing to change, accept other people. You're trying to deny the reality you're in. You're being a right little turd. And therefore, you create your own anxiety. And you have to enter into denial that you're in anxiety to continue on. Because if you stop and you look at the anxiety, it's too much to bear. So the Lord is constantly concerned compassionately concerned about freeing you from this state of anxiety you've gotten yourself into by miseducation this is the problem it's a very simple thing if you're educated with nonsense and illusion it causes anxiety if you're educated with truth knowledge and wisdom it causes liberation you're simply freed from all these difficulties now this should be a standard level of understanding for anyone in the human form of life. But the planet is not run by godly, saintly, spiritually elevated people. Therefore, most people are in confusion and struggling with these anxiety issues. They haven't come to realize the importance of the spiritual perspective of life. Our constitutional created position is we are servants. The Lord is unlimited, and we are minute. Therefore, we are subordinate. What does a subordinate do to please the controller? Serve. Help. 
But we're not being taught to be servant. We're being taught to be the controller, to be arrogant, to demand others care about your feelings first. To try to get other people to care about you. Not you care about others. We're not being so taught about that. You're trying to manipulate people so that they care for you. This is not intelligent. This is not human. This is not productive. So the Lord is compassionately trying to show you, to teach you, that the method that's going on in society is wrong. It is backwards. And you need to take guidance from the true authority, someone in the spiritual disciple succession who has been empowered by the Supreme Personality to untie your knots of conditioning. We're all in the tied-up condition. Our hearts are tied up. Our senses are tied up. Our minds are tied up. Our intelligence. We're stuck. Our whole existence is stuck between the window of birth and death. We're tied up. And the Lord's going, this is not your natural condition. Of course you will be in anxiety. You need to understand there's another way. And the Vedic literature has been here the entire time of the creation to help you understand there's a better way. But you've been miseducated and misinformed. So really, spiritual life starts with re-educating the human civilization. Respiritualizing the human civilization. We're in a time of change right now. There's so much talk about change. There's so much talk about it. There's everybody sensing. There's an air of change and confusion. There's all sorts of confrontation between the way it was and the way it should be. Well, the way it should be is the way the Lord wants it to be. The way the Lord intended it to be. That you don't have anxiety. You live by truthfulness. You live by righteousness. You re-educate yourself into spiritual values. You re-educate yourself into selflessness. You do away with this materialistic fever. This contamination of selfishness that's killing the planet. It's killing the whole human society. Everybody is being misinformed by the evil people that are running the planet. And the people are becoming more and more and more and more confused because their desires have been trained incorrectly from a very young age. And what they end up desiring is the very things that the evil people wanted them to desire. And it all focuses on selfishness. And they become illusioned. They have no idea what is their best interest any longer. They simply go crazy with I want. I want, I think, I know. The intelligent are the ones that go, I'm a servant of God. He knows everything. I'm following him. I'm following the instructions of the disciples' succession. I'm reading the scriptures and following those instructions. I'm not following the school. I'm not following the government. I'm not following the news. They have already proven themselves beyond any shadow of a doubt to anyone with enough intelligence to w wake up and stand up in the morning that they are liars full of deception and cheating. That they're contaminating the planet and the consciousness of all the living entities here with deception for self-interest and it makes you practice deception for self-interest too. And we have that everywhere we look.
Supposedly in the family, you'd be honest. Oh, we're family. We stick together. We, we, we take care of each other. But we still lie to each other now and then. What? This is the problem. The people saying, oh, I'm an honest man, except when I lie. I, I'm, I'm trustworthy, except when I don't do it because I didn't want to. Well, I said I would, but I don't want to now. So never mind. Sorry. Bugger off. The moral, ethical commitment is gone every time your selfishness is challenged. And we have a sick society that's challenging each other, that's believing the illusion that's propagated by the programming and propaganda in media that is created by the people who want to subjugate you, who have been subjugating you, the schools, the universities, the news, papers, radios, television, the government, the laws, criminal, stupid, ridiculous laws. It's against the law in this country to grow your own home garden. They aren't enforcing it, but it is a law. It is against the law. Similarly, they're trying to make in many parts of the world. It's mandatory. You must get a vaccine. Proven, 100% proven to be contaminated with poisons. Mercury and many other viruses, cancers, it's all proven. But the media says, no, no, you should do it. Because the media is in cahoots with the government, is in cahoots with the pharmaceuticals who are all living really well off of controlling you. You have to wake up. You have to think for yourself. This is what's happening on the planet. There's a section of society that's waking up to what's going on and trying to be their eternal conscious being again. And there's another section of society that's going, don't make any waves. Don't change anything. I'm happy. I got a good job. I got a good salary. My kids are cool. They're in school wearing hats. It's okay. And these two factions of society are clashing. And we understand this clash is to awaken humanity from the illusion that they can trust the governments and the system they're under. That's why it's happening. It's to wake you out of your misconception. If you don't wake, you'll end up with a daughter who becomes paralyzed by a vaccine. Or autistic. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of children are autistic from vaccines. And they cover it up. They don't want you to know that. Because they don't want you to think for yourself because you're harder to manage when you think for yourself. And the Lord's saying, all I want you to do is think for yourself. And I set the whole program of Vedic knowledge and the disciple succession and the people in the streets trying to teach you and distribute uh, books and magazines, trying to have you hear the holy name, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, to purify you. And he's compassionately concerned about your welfare. He's coming all the time. He's sending purified souls. He's sustaining the Vedic literature. He has the disciples of the spiritual master shouting, singing, yelling the Maha Mantra in the streets of the people, all to awaken them from the illusion they're in. But the people are so full of anxiety and so full of foolishness that they grasp, they hang on to status quo. And the status quo is slow kill and force you to take another birth. 
And the Vedic literature teaches you, no, awaken now, this life, before you come to the end, because it will end, you can go back home, back to Godhead, reviving your eternal conscience, become blissfully, eternally happy, full of knowledge, eternally. That's what's really your opportunity. That's the opportunity of the human form of life. And the Vedic literature is to wake you to that opportunity and encourage you. The Lord's compassion is driving this. The Lord comes in so many forms, sends so many beings, the great beings that sacrifice their life and times and energy to wake up the living entities from the anxiety they're living in, from the illusion that they're subject to, from the control mechanism and subjugation that the ignorant, insane people at the top are trying to instigate. This suffering is not natural life. This shortage, scarcity is not natural life. If I say to you, tell me what is your biggest scarcity, everybody will say money. Because the money system is crooked. It's a racket. There should be money, opulence, availability of food and water and air and education and health everywhere free. But no, you're charged for all of it and there's not enough money. And so some people get it. And some people don't. And so they make sure that the education you do get, if you get that much money, teaches you to be selfish and not to help the people who need it. God is the other way. He's saying, be selfless. Help everyone. Open your heart. Give of yourself. Take the opportunity to encourage and support and care. This is what the Lord means by compassion. This is the feature you have in you, compassion. Take this opportunity to use your compassion and help bring people out of the misconception and illusion, the fear, the anxiety, the misconceptions, the scarcity. Human society is at a corner. It must wake up now. It's not up to you. We are under higher authority. We are under the forces of nature. And nature is causing us that there's confrontation. The two concepts of life are clashing. I've said many, many years that the society is polarizing between those who are conscious and those that are in illusion. I've said this for 30 years. And it's happened now to the point that the polarity is so strong, there's so few in the middle, now it's turning back on itself and there's clashing. All over the planet we see clashing of societies, clashing of philosophies, clashing of haves and have-nots. It's happening all over. The 1%. It's happening all over the planet. Because the people have not raised above these two concepts and come to spiritual conception of life. The normal perspective of life. It reflects the compassion of God on all the suffering living entities who are bound up by material nature, bound up by their useless desires. You have to free yourself from useless desires. If it isn't worth it, why are you doing it? If it's a waste of time, stop it. If you don't know something, find out. If you're in confusion, do away with it. Get the answer. Find someone who knows. Surrender to the spiritual master. Read the Vedic literature. You read so much crap daily. You watch so much television crap daily. You watch your computer crap. You handle your smartphone crap. 
What happens? Your brain becomes mush. You have so many facts, figures, information, knowledge that is nonsense. It'll do you no value in trying to get rid of your anxiety and return to a spiritual conception of life. So you must take up the Vedic literature. This is the message we're trying to give you. Take up the Vedic literature, Bhagavad Gita as it is. His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Find the books by Swami Prabhupada. Bhagavad Gita as it is. Not some other way, as it is. That means unadulterated. So you get the truth. Because the system, the government, the education, the medical system, the whole structure is full of contaminated lies for self-interest. You need to rise above that. Become a selfless, compassionate being and reflect the divinity that's in you. Reflect God's plan for you. Become God's servant, a higher consciousness being. Then you will be happy. Thank you for listening to the Vedic Wisdom. We hope you've had useful realizations about how to become free from all miseries and anxieties of life by revival of your divine consciousness. Join me, Advaita, again next week for more revelations from the Vedic Wisdom on Free FM 89.0.